tippy toe token all the time. Incoming transmission. Engage house party protocol. Mark 4 powering up. Mark 17 powering up. Mark 44 powering up. All suits are online. Welcome to house party protocol. Power of Suits, and welcome in to another episode of House Party Protocol. My name is Will, and with me today is the one and only Sprinkles. What's happening, <laughs> my guy? What's going on, Will? Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. So I got to say, Sprinkles, we talked about this just individually because we played a game recently during the HPP League, which was very enjoyable, very fun. And ridiculously close. <laughs> yes, that it was. That it was. <laughs> yeah. But I see your name, and it's spelled. I'm going to spell it for everybody. Uh, hope you don't mind. So, no, go for it. <laughs> it's S-P-R-Y-N-K-I-L-L with a Z, because, I mean, like, I mean, my man, right? <laughs> I'm kind of showing my age with disease there, I guess. No, no, it's it's perfectly reasonable. That shows to me that you're a man of culture, so I respect <laughs> it. But oh, I appreciate it. I read this, and I never read it as sprinkles. I read it as like burn kills or something. I was like spiron kills. I was like, is this a play on like Spyro the Dragon? Like, what's happening here? And you told me it was sprinkles, and I was just like makes sense <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i had the like the original spelling with sprinkles but apparently that was just taken so i tried to spice it up a little bit and make it sound a little bit better than the unfortunate nickname i got stuck with no no i think it's totally fortunate and what it sounds like to me is you're doing the thing i like to talk about and you put the sauce on it yeah i tried yeah yeah, put put a little sauce on it and and all that stuff. So, I I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. Yeah, man. So this is your first time on the podcast, Sprinkles. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, I go by Sprinkles, um, unfortunately, but I've come to deal <laughs> with that nickname and taken it on as my own. Um, I live out in Colorado Springs. Um, I've been playing this game maybe six months give or take. Um, I was at the local game store playing magic and saw a couple people playing and got instantly hooked on it and have been playing it ever since. Nice. Nice. Yeah, it is a great game. And that's really cool that you just saw it and, and walked up and were able to dive right in like that. Yeah, I got, uh, I got a lot of cool local friends out here, um, that have helped me get better at this game and we play borderline every week uh we drive up to wyoming to do tournaments at the local game store up there as well uh, we have a lot of fun with it nice nice that's awesome man i i'm glad you found your way here and um it's it's one of those things where you know you and i have gotten to know each other a little bit through the community aspect and from you uh being a part of our patreon over there one of the suits as it were yes sir and uh, yeah, I, I want to say two things. One, thank you so much for that. And two, thank you for 
being here with me tonight. Like this is a super exciting thing to be able to have uh, a suit on here with me. Uh, and maybe we'll have you back again soon. Of course. Uh, thanks again for having me. It's, it's kind of surreal. I'm not going to lie. I was a little nervous. Oh, nah, man. Nothing to be nervous about. <laughs> so what do you say we just dive right in here? Yes, sir. Let's do it. We have a pretty intense show today, I think. And it's all kind of centered around one thing. And it's something that I'm personally excited for, but also I don't know how excited to be with this. And Sprinkles, that one thing is Fast X. I mean, it comes out on Friday. Can you believe it? Uh, Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that we're on 10 somehow. You know, me and you both, <laughs> brother. Me and you both. And I got to say, I got to say, this is a series of movies that I can't believe has lasted this long, one. And two, has gone so far off the rails that I just... I can't even anymore. And you know what's crazy to me? Like everybody talks about, like, oh, Marvel, you know, superhero fatigue and all this stuff. Apparently, car quote unquote racing and heists and stuff like that and Vin Diesel in sleeveless shirts is not going out of fashion because I expect this is going to make like a billion dollars. Most likely, uh, if not more. Yeah, definitely. And I, I got to ask you a question, right? In, in honor of... Fast X coming out the Friday or even the Thursday, I guess, that you're listening to this at home or on the road or wherever you are. What is your favorite Fast and the Furious movie? Uh, I think it's the universal one is everybody, and that's the original. The original, yeah, yeah. I'm, yes, sir. I'm right there with you. I think the original's great, but I'm not going to lie. I, I, I kind of like the second one, too. But yeah, that one wasn't bad. Um, man, that highway scene when he flipped the Evo around and was going backwards. As right. a kid, I was in heaven watching that. So right. I will give you that one. Yeah, and and it introduced Ludacris to the gang and everything. Like, I was about that life. Ludacris, Tyrese, yeah. Uh, dang, memory yeah. lane. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, if you think back on it, like, look, the first one, totally awesome, but like... They were stealing DVD players. <laughs> like, uh, the original, though, because it was what the franchise I thought should have stuck with and was about the street racing and the absolutely. cars, more so than strapping a rocket to a Honda CRX and going to space. No, no, that was a Fiero. Oh, excuse me. My yeah, fault. Get it right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, for me, the moment that that movie series went completely off the rails, there there were a lot of them, right? There was a lot of instances where where you can point to and say, this is where it left reality for me. And I've got one. And okay. it was one of those things where, like, I'm always the kind of person, like, right? Like, we like superhero movies, right, Sprinkles? Of course, of right. course. The central caveat and the the conceit if you will of a superhero movie is like they've got to get you to buy in to what you're seeing on screen as potentially happening within reality right right and we know that in a superhero movie obviously there's no one in a mech suit flying around 
fighting people, a la Iron Man. There's no one with claws that come out of their hand like X-Men. There's no one with stretchy or invisible or fire or rock powers like the Fantastic Four. Reset the clock already, you're right. Reset the clock. But (laughs) (laughs) we can buy in because in the universe where those characters exist, those things happen, right? Right. So when I see Fast and Furious, especially like the first three of them, even Tokyo Drift, you know, all that, even the fourth one, it's all meant to be like, hey, this stuff is fantastical, but it could plausibly happen. Sort of. Sort of. Right? I mean, that's kind of like, like it's, it's kind of like a wink and a nod that like, like, you know, at least we're not like going into space in a Fiero. Right, right. Right? At least we're not jumping out the front of an airplane in a charger. Yeah. Right? But not even that. The moment that got me was, I think it's in Fast 6, where they're like on this like bridge highway thing, and there's a tank that is chasing somebody or something like that. There's a tank situation happen, and like Dom is going to like try to grab... Letty, uh, Michelle Rodriguez's character, like as she's falling or something, and he like jams the wheel, crashes the car, slams into her, and they land on a hood like it's a mattress. And I'm just like, nope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that one now. I was picturing the scene as you were describing it, and I was yep. like, is this the one where the mattress happens? And yeah, yep, it's just like, oh, I'm with oh. you cool, you landed on the hood of this car like it's a mattress. You smashed the glass and are just, you know, no scratches. Also, you were going like 100 miles an hour and you smashed into another body in midair and and nothing was made jello. Nothing. <laughs> like, look, these, these are those movies. Like, I, I'm, they're guilty pleasure movies for me. Like, I will watch them when they come out on streaming. Absolutely. Unfortunately, and, I'm the same way. Look, if you like those movies, more power to you. You know what I mean? And look, I like them. You know what I mean? But I'm not like, it's just, I just can't sometimes with reality. And and even the Hobbs and Shaw also, that movie is excellent in terms of the dynamic between The Rock and Jason Statham is incredible. I will agree there. I will agree. I yes. love Jason Statham though. So yes, this is also true. But I bring up reality and the idea of not being present within reality to bring up our main topic today, and that is the cosmic ghostwriter because he's kind of batshit crazy. I think that's an understatement. Yeah, and I'm sorry for saying the S word if there's little ears around. Just tell them it's adult words and not to say it. (laughs) That's the best I got. (laughs) But no, he's a crazy version of Frank Castle, and we finally got his card revealed and a better look at the model because they did a stream and everything. And I got to say, I'm weirdly stoked. Um. I think the concept of the model looks really cool. Um, I'm still kind of torn on the testicle, if you will, uh, that he's got going on down there. But all it's, in all, I think it looks pretty cool. It's a little sus. I'm uh, not going to lie. But let's talk about this model before we get too deep into discussions on the character here. And 
Again, I still wish we had the zoomy around thing, but we did get a good look on a recent AMG stream at this model as a whole. And one thing that sticks out to me is the bulb on the front is actually clear plastic. Actually, I didn't notice that. That that could be fun. Well, that's the thing. Around with. The studio sculpt, you would not be able to tell. Like, or the paint job, I should say. You would not be able to tell that that is clear plastic. And when I mentioned Cosmic Ghost Rider a while back, I mentioned how I wish he had the dome on his head. Like, I get that that's not for everyone, the dome part of it, but confirmed, there is a dome for his head that can be added to this model. Thank you, AMG. I I think it... One, it gives you more options for the people that don't want the dome, but I think the dome's going to look pretty cool on them, to be honest. Yeah, I think so too. And especially like, you know, if you paint it up and you can kind of like, if you look at Google images, right? Like just just Google Cosmic Ghost Rider. This will, will help you understand. Not if you're driving. Don't do this if you're driving. But Google it. And what I picture is like that head that you see on the model painted up pretty nicely and like really bright, right? Like really, really bright. And then having like a little bit of a sepia tint on the little, or like some kind of like peepee yellow color tint. <laughs> it's the best, <laughs> best I've got for it. Color tint on that dome and like really selling the idea that that dome is just containing all this fire. Yeah, that's a really cool idea. Um, I was thinking kind of along the same thing, but making the flames like a purple color, make it more cosmic. Mm. Yeah, no, I like that too. And then when it comes to the bulb on the front, I think that that clear aspect of it is really cool. But how do you feel about that? Uh, you could, I mean, one, you could have a lot of fun with it. Um, I'm probably going to have him gray for a very long time, to be honest with you. Um, but I mean, a lot of people could probably do some pretty cool sculpts or images to make it look like, uh, it's inside the clear plastic, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I mean, you know, who you're talking to here, so yeah, yeah. We're team gray all day, team gray all day. That's right. Gray Lord Supreme represent, but, yep. uh, yeah, I, I definitely, it, it, it inspires me, I should say, right? Like, when I see oh, yeah. that and I'm presented with that option, I'm thinking to myself, okay, cool. Maybe now is the time when I fiddle with an LED. Maybe. Yes, yes. I got a I got a buddy out here that is does some really cool stuff with LEDs. So I'm sure he'll come up with something cool like that. Yeah, exactly. So I think something like that is is exciting and fun. And like our friend uh one absolute uh Matt Sanders, I know his paint job is going to be impeccable. I can't wait to see it. We've got some locals that are just incredible painters and uh, yeah, they're going to put me and my gray cosmic ghost rider to shame, but nevertheless, I am excited. And one thing that this having this clear bulb on it, at least is going to force me a little bit to at least get this model primed and ready to accept paint because I'm not going to like spray it with an airbrush or prime it with that clear bulb on it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I still kind of play with my Zola that way. He's still got the clear cause I haven't painted him and it definitely looks awkward. Yeah. 
to say the least, I'm sure. Yeah, I haven't decided how I'm going to do Zola yet. I haven't put it together because I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> so you mentioned doing some more like cosmic-y, purple-y colors. Anything else you would do other than what is kind of like the standard color scheme? Um, honestly, if I did like the flames, the purple-y color, then the chain would have to be the same way to match it. Um, from the pictures on the card, the bright blue on the bike does look amazing though. So it, I don't know. I think I would have to play around with some drawings before I settled on something. Nice. Yeah. Well, when the day comes, when you paint it, I hope to see it. Uh, I will definitely take a picture and send it to you. Um, if, uh, you know, 10 years is about okay. Time frame. Look, that works for me. Works for me. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so. Now let's take a look at this character card and I'll start us off with our top or left or basic stat line, the cosmic ghost writer. And it is specifically called cosmic ghost writer. And that'll come up as it relates to deal with the devil. He could not use this because that card specifically references ghost writer with an alter ego of Frank castle. He has a physical defense of four, an energy defense of four, and a mystic defense of four. A stamina value of nine, a threat value of six. He is size three, and he moves medium. Also worth noting, confirmed 65 millimeter base. Yeah, he's a tanky boy. Yeah, that's a lot of health. And on his injured side, the only thing that I've seen that changes is he goes from nine stamina to seven. So if you're doing the math at home, that's 16 total stamina for a six threat model. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. But I recently saw the phrase battle cruiser as it relates to these like big threat models. And I can't get it out of my head. So I, I think that that fits. Anything six threat and above is a battle cruiser from now on. Yes, it sounds awesome. about right. <laughs> yeah. So when I see this model, like nine stamina is a lot, but four, four, four on the defense is raising my eyebrows a little bit, especially given how popular the Malekiths, Hulks, Immortal Hulks, Thanos's are. Yeah. Well, Sprinkles, let me ask you, is there anything that stands out just on this basic stat line for you? Honestly, I like the 444s. Four, four. Um, at least me personally, uh, that gives me better odds of um, blocking attacks. When it comes to it, uh, pay to flips if you get forced to play against X-Men. Uh, for energy defense is pretty good to move around and flip some points. Oh, yeah. You know, I didn't think about it on the pay to flip aspect of it. That actually is pretty decent. So, yeah, as uh, I'm interested to see if there's anything else on his card as we go through this that kind of will will maybe rethink my stance on those four, four, fours. Not that four, four, four is bad. I mean, look, Immortal Hulk is, I think, four, three, five. So if you look at it from the perspective of a weakness, he doesn't have a true weakness here as it relates to his basic stat line. No, he's pretty solid. So, would you like to go over his attacks? Sure. Hit it. 
Uh, first, we got a Hellfire Blasters. It is a energy attack, range four for six dice. After this attack is resolved, this character gains one power. Cool. So that is what we like to refer to as a gainer in the biz. In the biz. That's right. So next, let's talk about this one for a second, because as you're reading that, so you said it's range four, six dice, energy attack, and it's got no special rules, nothing. So it's just a a flat six dice. Like, yep, that that is like eyebrow raising to me. Um, It is kind of weird not having a builder, per se, Um, if it just gained in the one power. Um, but we'll see later that maybe there's a reason why. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Bury in that lead a little bit. What intrigues me more about this is the fact that, okay, fine, he gains only one power from this, but there's no additional effects. It is just six dice. Yes, it's range four on that big base is functionally range five from pretty like, much. If you were to measure from a small base, range five. A range four with this big base functionally is like Bucky shooting you in a lot of ways. Like not exactly, it's not perfect distance there, but it's very close. But a lot of these battle cruiser style models, these big threat models have some kind of effect. I mean, Hulk's got a push, I think. And then Immortal Hulk's got his throw trigger Malekith has a pierce, you know, that's obviously a seven threat model. Maybe that's the difference between six and seven here. But uh, even Magneto, the forgotten six threat, if you will, has effects on his builder attack, on his basic attack. So not seeing any kind of effect here, just I find to be very interesting. Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, They could, I don't know, maybe at least added a, a wild push or... A wild something. Yeah, a um, wild something. But at this point, yeah, uh, I'm not sure why they chose not to, though. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe may, again, maybe there's something else down the card that we'll find out. So, what's the next one? Uh, the next one is called Power Cosmic Penance Stare. It is a Mystic Attack Range Two for twelve dice that costs six power. You know, (laughs) yep. Uh, Target character does not gain power for damage dealt by this attack. That right there is pretty nice. Yes, it is. And then if you get some good dice rolls and get a crit, a wild, a hit, a shield, and a skull, trigger what's called dust to dust. Change each of the target character's shield results to skulls. Okay. Well, so basically, if you weren't already killing it, you definitely are now. (laughs) I think they meant to call this the Control-Alt-Delete button. Yes, I would say so. I mean, shoot, for 6 power, 12 dice? Um, Correct me if I'm wrong. This is the highest natural strength attack in the game. That I can think of, yes. Yeah, I don't think we've seen a printed die value higher than 12. Nope, nope. Yeah. I'm definitely was thinking of the abilities that you can pay to add power or add dice. 
Right. I mean, obviously, you can Helios something insane, but like, again, referencing Malekith, that's 10 dice butcher of Thor's. I know that Immortal Hulk's, his um, gamma burst is also 10 dice. And then, obviously, like, OG Hulk can potentially get up to that amount of dice, but not just printed value. Correct, correct. But, man, the cost on this, six power? Uh, For me, I will spend this anytime because I am on your level of rolling skulls, so. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, look, and... You know, that's the thing. Like, yeah, you roll 12 dice, that's more chances for a skull. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You'll see why I say that <laughs> here in a minute. But this attack is really interesting to me because I've noticed a trend lately, Sprinkles, and I want to get your opinion on this, of okay. viable spenders, right? Like, the, the, the early days of MCP were very much like, eh, you don't really want to use the spender unless you've, like, Need it, gotta have it, like really gotta push that KO. I mean, you learned that lesson. I did. <laughs> With Rocket and having an opportunity to do a Hadron Enforcer, choosing not to, and it probably could have been the difference in the game. Uh, yeah, I think that was the decision that granted you the victory. I I would say so, uh, you know, and you know, pat myself on the back for that one. But no, it's it's one of those things where it's things like that where we learn in this game of like, okay, when do I do the thing and spend the power? You know, it's late game. There's not too many activation opportunities left. There's not too many points to be scored left. So how do I shut down the the thing, whatever the thing is in that instance? And it's times like that when spenders become more viable and Rocket with Hadron Enforcer, the Star-Lord with his full auto, a few other ones from the older boxes made a lot of sense. But then there was this kind of weird world where it was like, ah, yeah, you know, you don't, you know, using spenders doesn't really matter. And this and that, I'd say matters is it's kind of a weird way to say it, but there wasn't anything too exciting. And then we get things like the Logan and apex predator box, the weapon X box. And he's got that sweet beam in there. And then you've got agent venom with his sweet beam. You've got Spider-Woman with her spender that is very potent and very strong. Even Apex Predator. All these other characters have started coming out, and then you see someone like Beta Ray Bill who has his God Hunter ability that's a really strong spender for a very affordable price. And I bring all that up to say, like, viable and usable and things that make you say, okay, cool, I'm not at a disadvantage if I spend whatever the required amount of power is to use this ability. Makes sense. Would you say power cosmic pennant stare fits into that mold? Um, yes and no. Um, I would say yes if it's in a situation where you need to get the big boy off the table, the Thanoses or the Hulks, Malachis. Uh maybe not Malachis because the skulls wouldn't really help you too much. Um, but as far as reliability, not so much just because it relies on dice. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, you're right. Dice is is a thing that makes things complicated. But it's interesting that you say the skulls wouldn't help you very much with Malekith. I mean, if 
say Cosmic Ghost Rider had a way to utilize skulls, that would be perfectly fine. That would be. Uh, I was I misdid the timing and was thinking of Malekith being able to pop those skulls instead. Uh, right. So oh, that would have been. That was my mess up. Oof, that's okay. No worries. You know, that's the thing. There's so many rules in this game. It's hard to keep track of all of them. But this is one of those where I feel like when you see that power cost, like that's the prohibitive thing here. Yes, this guy has nine stamina. So damaging him is going to fuel him up. But he also has superpowers that we're going to talk about here in just a second. And having to spend six power on something, yes, it's potent, but you have to be at range two. So you got to be right there next to him. And then again, it's dice. Unless we have some kind of dice modification on his card that we're about to talk about, it's, I mean, you're just betting on the dice. And it's one of those things where when I see this, I see this as in certain situations, it's going to be great. But I think as we go through the rest of this card, you're going to find a lot better ways to spend Cosmic Ghost Rider's power. Would you say that's the right idea? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So let us go through this card and talk about his superpowers here. And I'm going to do something different than I normally do sprinkles. And that is, I'm going to start with the innate abilities before we go to the active and reactive abilities, because I feel like this is a character where it's really important context of how he functions to know these innate abilities first. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, the first innate abilities that we have are Flight and Immunity to Bleed, Hex, Incinerate, and Poison. Because, of course, and he has Flight, which is just dope. Oh yeah, absolutely. It, being able to just go wherever you want, whenever you want, is a nice ability. It Especially is. on that big base. You ain't lying. <laughs> you ain't lying. And it's like the one thing that OG Ghost Rider... Could have like he obviously couldn't fly, but like OG Ghost Rider, we've seen in the comics that he can ride up a wall on his motorcycle. So the fact that he didn't have wall crawler was like ridiculous. Yeah, I agree with you there. There's a a couple of them like that. Yeah, but he's got those, and then he has another innate superpower, and this one is called Ready to Roll. At the start of the first power phase. This character gains a psychosis token. While it has a psychosis token, it counts critical failure results, so skulls, in its attack, defense, and dodge rolls as successes. While this character has a psychosis token, it cannot hold, contest, or interact with objective tokens. Now, there's a bigger conversation to be had with this superpower. But remember how I said that 444 kind of freaked me out a little bit? I think it's more okay now. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, being able to count skulls, especially on turn one when some shenanigans can be done, is definitely very helpful. Yes, yes. And then when we talk about his six die hellfire blasters sure it doesn't have any effects but that six dice is extremely consistent 
Very, very much so. So if you think about the faces on a Marvel Crisis Protocol D8 die, it has eight sides, right? So you've got the critical that you can explode, then you've got two hits, a wild, a blank, and another blank, so two blanks, a shield, and a skull. So out of those eight faces, you have five faces that are success on attacks now in the critical, wild, two hits, and a skull. And if you've ever played against Senior Thanos, so Reality Gem Thanos or Reality Corvus, yes, those get turned into criticals in that instance. So a little bit better than what Cosmic Ghost Rider has, but just being able to count skulls means that your consistent amount of hits will potentially increase. I mean, it will. It will increase your counting more faces of the die. Because if you roll six dice and you roll a critical, well, now you have access to five out of the eight faces instead of four out of the eight faces. Correct. So I, I think that this right here is one of those things where it's like, it's going to be extremely consistent. And it makes that power cosmic penance stare, I think, much more enticing because that's always the big problem when you're rolling big dice pools is oh, crap, I rolled a bunch of skulls. Well, thank goodness I have recalibration matrix. Well, you can't re-roll those skulls. You know? Correct. So, I, I don't know. What do you think about this as an ability here? How do you feel like this is going to impact him on the tabletop? Uh, well, one, like you said, it's going to make it a lot more consistent. Um, me, personally, I roll lots of skulls, so I'll be doing lots of damage with that attack, and that'll feel great. Yeah, I mean, look, I've, I've had a five-hand dice full of dice and rolled four skulls on it so that Clea could make sure to just pop herself right off the table. So, uh, yeah, I know that life really well. I had a Immortal Hulk spender uh, with five skulls, four shields, and a blank. Mm. Mm. That was fun. <laughs> mm. My man. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds terrible. But... Uh, <laughs> We've all been there. Look, that's the thing. We've all been there, you know, and, and it happens. But uh, the other part of this superpower, while this character has a psychosis token, it cannot hold, contest, or interact with objective tokens. That is a very critical part of this character's kit that I want to focus a little bit more on as we get to the more overall discussion on the character. But when you read that, you say, while he has this token, well, maybe there's a way to get rid of it. Let's go to the next innate superpower. Sprinkles, what do you say? Let's do it. All right. I'm the spirit of vengeance, bearer of the power cosmic, and just a little bit unstable. During the power phase, this character rolls five dice. For each critical, wild, and hit rolled, this character gains one power then if this character has five or more power this character gains a psychosis token and drops all objective tokens it is holding at the start of the next power phase remove all psychosis tokens from this character so like i just said earlier how do you get rid of the psychosis token the only way is in between rounds 
it's at the start of the power phase. So the first thing you do in the power phase is he gets rid of his psychosis token. It's worth noting that obviously the power phase comes after the cleanup phase in between rounds. So you won't be able to score anything with that. There's no scoring that triggers during the power phase. Unfortunately for Cosmic Ghost Rider, or fortunately for those of us that are going against Cosmic Ghost Rider. But Agreed. When I see this superpower, this innate superpower, he automatically is going to gain some power. Now it's within the realm of possibilities that he gains no power on his five dice rolls, but I think the average is two to three power that he's going to be gaining during the power phase. And I think that this creates an interesting little mini game. And I want to get your thoughts on this of like, do you pump through his power on his turn so that way you can potentially contest objectives? Or do you try to hold some back to make sure that when you do your spirit of vengeance, power cosmic, a bit unstable, which I'm going to shorten that to call it a bit unstable, when you do that, do you want to be able to Gain that psychosis so that way you're counting your skulls. Um, I really think it just depends on the scenario, uh, the situation that you're in. Um, me personally, um, I played him last night and uh, I had the psychosis token pretty much the whole game and was just having fun throwing dice. Yeah, I, I think ultimately that's kind of the deal is... If you're putting Cosmic Ghost Rider on the table, I don't think you're going to be able to reliably plan for objective play. And I think it's an interesting thing where it's like, let's say you did blow through your, all your power. You know, like like you did one of his other superpowers. You used a power Cosmic Penistere. You're sitting there with no power. And then you roll this, and let's say you gain two. So you're not getting a Psychosis token. I think that sets up an interesting opportunity for you as the Cosmic Ghost Rider player to say, okay, cool, well, now my dice are a little worse. Do I still try to go for whoever across the table, or do I try to play an objective game? And I think that the game state, the point in the game where you are, is really going to matter as to what is the right choice there. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Especially if it's like uh, on senators, for example, and you need somebody else to have one for a turn to get you a point. Oh, yeah. I mean, shoot, being able to have Cosmic Ghost Rider grab a senator would be huge. And especially as it relates to one of his superpowers here, that is pretty bonkers. <laughs> Little bit. Little bit bonkers. So. I wanted to go over those innate powers because it really informs, I think, his play style. And it's important to note that both Ready to Roll and the Bit Unstable there are both going to trigger during that first power phase. So you're sitting there and you're going to roll those five dice and you're going to gain some power and you still get your natural one power and then, boom, you get one more power for each of the, you know, your what you roll there. So that's a thing that happens. Then... We have these other superpowers. So his first one here is an active superpower. So that means it can play it on his turn. Interstellar Hell Cycle, which what a great name. <laughs> what a great name. It's it, perfect. It's insane. I love it. And yeah, I'm going to be like, okay, so I'm going to Hell Cycle over here. <laughs> like I, I've seen an argument out there, Sprinkles, where I understand completely why 
some people don't like something like I'm the Spirit of Vengeance, Spare the Power Cosmic, and Just a Bit Unstable because it's long and ridiculous. But like that stuff to me and like Interstellar Hell Cycle, Power Cosmic Penistare, these are mouthful abilities, but they're also the flavor of the character, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I mean, even Gwenpool with her travel through gutter space, it's just a range three place, but the name of it is awesome to say. Exactly. And it's it's the same with Squirrel Girl, I mean, who doesn't want to say tippy-toe token all the time. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, alliteration is just my favorite thing. So anyways, Interstellar Hell Cycle is an active superpower that will cost you X to use. So no discount from Steve, ladies and gentlemen. This character may spend one to five power to use this superpower. Place this character within range X of its current position, where X is the amount of power spent. This superpower can be used only once per turn, thank God. (laughs) Yes, yes, thank God. (laughs) Like, let me just put it into perspective what this means for the Cosmic Ghost Rider. Because if you're not like actively at a table right now, you might not understand. Placing range five on a 65 millimeter base with a range four attack, that's your opponent's deployment zone, basically. You still have to move, but that's basically your opponent's deployment zone. Yeah. For... uh potentially round one yeah no yeah and and round one where you have your psychosis token and your six dice energy attack counts skulls yeah that's uh that's scary right off the bat off the rip so look is this going to happen every game no it is highly unlikely that you have enough power to alpha strike your opponent on their deployment line, because like I said, the average is going to be two to three. There are those times, those games, where you're going to hit five successes on the spirit of vengeance, bit unstable, all the words. Because when you do, just hold on to your butts. (laughs) You know? Yep. I mean, but aside from the alpha strike aspect of this, what else do you think that this superpower is going to be ridiculously useful for? Uh, First thing that came to mind was picking up a couple cubes, picking up two hammers, do some kind of crazy shenanigans with that. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously you won't be able to do that turn one, but if there's a turn where you don't have your psychosis token, the idea of grabbing objectives and getting the heck out of there, I mean you're unrivaled in your ability to do just that. Exactly. Even if it's for one round just to get the points, is in yep. case you get the token next round, for example. Right. Still, that, that could be the game. It could be the game. And not only that, like, let's say it's not the thing that wins you the game. If you're so wildly out of position to where your opponent has to place those objectives in a position where it's only your team that can get them anyways... That's a win for you. Exactly. So I feel like that, again, we're, we're painting a picture here of a character that I feel like on the surface, when we go through ready to roll his attacks, 
and and all of these things here, we're building a character that I think has a lot of nuance to it, more so than just a beat stick, right? Right, right. Yeah, it, he can easily switch roles to do what you need him to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And another thing about Interstellar Health Cycle that I think is really cool is the flexibility that it provides of saying, okay, well, I don't want to go the full five. I'm sitting here with a stack of eight power. Cool, well, I'm just going to, I only need to get placing to range two because now I'm within range four of whoever my target is and I get to double tap. Exactly. Or I also think it provides an interesting kind of if I have priority and I start myself in a position to attack, I can activate Cosmic Ghost Rider early, get him to a place of safety to where maybe he's taking a little damage. I can get him out of the way and then say, okay, cool. Well, if you come into me, the rest of my team's going to pounce on you. And then, you know, maybe he has some other fun things he can do here in a second that we're going to talk about. But now I'm out of the way and a little bit safe and I'm going to have the power to interstellar house cycle back into the fray on the next turn and start blasting. Exactly. He's extremely mobile. Extremely mobile. And this is one of those things where like when he wakes up from being dazed, being able to interstellar hell cycle at range four into a power cosmic pennant stare sounds bonkers. <laughs> that does sound like a lot of fun. Yeah. Especially if you got the psychosis token and yeah, it'd be a lot of fun. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and look, I'm going to chase that dragon. <laughs> like I'm chasing that dragon. Uh, I'll say from firsthand experience, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. See, there you go. That that plays, you know? Yeah. So our next superpower here is another active superpower. So again, has to be done on his turn. Chains of Sidorak. It's going to cost you two power. So you will be able to get the discount from Steve uh, Avengers if you're playing him under that. Choose a character within range three of this character and push it toward this character short. Then the chosen character gains the incinerate special condition. A character can be affected by this superpower only once per turn. Now, Sprinkles, did you notice an omission there when I read that? Uh, just a slight one. What's that? Choose a character. Yeah. So therefore, whoever you want. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, it, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And when you think about incinerate and how powerful of a condition that is, this is a two-cost incinerate on tap with displacement for your opponent. But also, if you use it on a character like Beta Ray Bill or Dr. Voodoo or Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider, guess what? They're immune. I, I did it with Bill in my game. It was great. Yeah. So it's just a free... Well, two power cost, short displacement to help your friends get out of dodge. Or, interestingly enough, I think it could also be used offensively to say, okay, cool, I don't want to have to spend my action economy to get Bill moving up the table. 
he's coming forward. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or uh, say you're playing against Rocket and Groot, and you need them separated. Yep. Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that'd be so good. Oh, hey, Groot, you wanted <laughs> a bodyguard <laughs> for your little friend? Yeah, get out of here. <sighs> yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. Hmm. I'm. I'm scared to go against him since I'm playing a lot of Guardians lately, so. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that this is one of those superpowers, again, that, like, as we've said before, Hellfire Blasters is only going to get you one power. Interstellar Hell Cycle, very strong. It's going to cost you one to five power. Chains of Sidorak here, two power. And his power generation from his a bit unstable is two to three per round, so you're not going to be able to do everything. And I think that that's kind of the key with this character is if I'm looking at him across the table, I'm going to try to figure out a way to either get him to burn his power or get him to where he can't gain it as easily. Yeah, I would agree. Um, but at the same time, that could open up his ability to start doing secures. Exactly. So that's a, a calculated risk, I think, that you have to take with this character and brings us to the final superpower on his card. It's a reactive superpower called Cosmic Justice on Wheels. It's going to cost you three power. If an allied character is dazed or KO'd by an enemy effect, after the effect is resolved, this character may use this superpower. It makes a Hellfire Blaster's attack against the enemy character that caused the effect. That sounds a lot like Got Your Back. This is my favorite one, just because of that right there. Yeah, I mean, being able to roll six dice into somebody when they daze your friends. Whew. Yeah, it's fun. I, I can imagine, and again, it brings up that, like, puzzle that I think is this character of, do I sit here and save three power on him, knowing that if I have that extra power, if I go to five or more power, I'm going to have psychosis, and now objectives are out of the game, which... Again, I mentioned earlier how like trying to figure all that out is going to be part of the fun with this character, but I think that for the majority of the game, keeping that psychosis token on him is going to be the thing you want to do. Would you agree with that? Uh, for the most part, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think he'll be better at eliminating the threats on the table for your other guys to take the points and stuff. Yeah, and he's a hefty investment at six threats, so... When I think about like six threat, seven threat, eight threat models that we have in this game, they have to kind of be pulling the weight of one to two other models. And I feel like the Cosmic Ghost Rider here, from a damage output perspective, while he has his psychosis token, can definitely pull that weight. And then he's got the displacement. And then again, cool, you hurt my buddies, I'm hurting you back. Yeah, exactly. So what makes you feel like that this is the one that you like so much about him? This, this superpower. I've always had great luck with Gotcha Back, and it's just, for me, 
just playing the game itself uh it's just fun to be like oh hey cool i get to shoot you during your or your turn and hopefully end your activation or it's not really super competitive used for me um it's sure. just fun to do at the local game store yeah no i get that i mean shoot shield has made like a whole roster out of clapping back on people <laughs> right you know so it's like i think something like this is really cool and it puts that little bug in the back of your opponent's mind of like, okay, cool. You go into my friends, Cosmic Ghost Rider gets to take a shot versus if you go into Cosmic Ghost Rider, you're powering him up for Chains of Sidorak, Health Cycle, his Power Cosmic, like all of these different things. And I feel like that it, it really creates a, a bit of a conundrum. And I just it just excites me, and I think that it looks interesting and fun to have on the tabletop oh yeah absolutely it's it's gonna be fun to see yeah and we have confirmed that he is guardians of the galaxy affiliated now apparently on stream there was something about him having a black order tactics card in his box he's coming with three tactics cards so i would assume one of them will be guardians affiliated one will be unaffiliated and then if he's got this black order one that leads me to believe he might be Black Order affiliated, which if he's Black Order affiliated, that'd be crazy. Uh, yeah, I would not want a uh, power cosmic pennant stare with a death decree. It's, I mean, I I think you're going to see that in Guardians. Maybe uh, uh, That'd be pretty spicy if you put that in Guardians. What is that, eight threat? Because most people are running Senior Thanos with six threat. Uh -huh. So you're looking at before you even have your leader, uh, 14. 14. <laughs> what in the nonsense would that be? Oh my gosh. Someone's going to do it. I want to see it happen. <laughs> I don't cool. know if I want to be the one that plays against that though. Yeah, no, we're, I, I, that's, that sounds like a fun 17. So yeah, I'm going to do that one day. <laughs> but well, I think even more so than that is like the Corvus first of the Black Order leadership. And leveraging that a little bit with him i think could be a lot of fun if again he is black order affiliated which we do not have confirmation of that one way or the other well, hopefully we'll find out soon i well yeah i mean shoot we're gonna know in june right because that's when he comes out can't come quick enough i know i'm personally really stoked for this character and for those of you that might be wondering what first of the black order is because you don't see it very often it's a leadership card that Corvus Glaze has. It says, when an allied Black Order character, so they have to be allied Black Order, not just allied character, dazes or KOs an enemy character, all other Black Order characters gain one power. Why is that relevant to Cosmic Ghost Rider? Well, Sprinkles, what did we just talk about? He gains power quick. He, he, well, he, I think he actually kind of has a power problem. So helping him gain that power faster is nothing but a good thing. True, true. Yeah, I mean, would you agree that he has power problems? Um, Me, personally, when I played him last night, I was rolling four and five power each time, so I had the psychosis token pretty much the whole game. Ah, well, there you go. Until he got stunned, and then that was that. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I think, a way you deal with this character. He's immune to bleed, hex, incinerate, and poison, but not stun. 
and not, not stagger. So stun and being able to utilize that condition, I think, is one that will be very, very potent on him. Once I got the stun on, I actually liked it because then I could just move around and pull people off points too. And there you go. <laughs> I mean, so maybe maybe I'm wrong. Like maybe it just opens up another way to play him. Yeah, and I think that's good. what's really going to be the fun with him is playing both ways. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And when I look at this character and and the part of me worries. So, Sprinkles, you've only been in this game for a short period of time. And when someone like me has been in this game for as long as I have, and I see a character like this that has access, whether it's easy or not, to an opponent's deployment line, I'm reminded of why cards like drop-off got banned, right? And why we don't have access to things like that anymore. And I remember specifically when Cable was revealed and they were like, Cable is the reason drop-off was banned because he could be dropped off by a character that moved along and hit an opponent's deployment line. And That sounds scary. Yeah, I mean, it does sound scary, but we look at Cable and we're like, oh, you know, Cable's not that scary. But yeah, obviously dropping off a Cable sounds pretty terrible. But like when I see Cosmic Ghost Rider and the fact that he can roll six dice energy, counting skulls on turn one, potentially in an opponent's deployment line, that has the potential to create some negative play experiences. Yeah, I can agree on that. And that right there it just kind of worries me. And I feel like that if I'm playing this character and I'm showing up and someone like you, maybe that's only been in this game for six months or you're just trying to play a casual game, like saying, hey, I don't know how this is going to work, but this character has the potential to hit your deployment line. Like saying something like that to your opponent, I think might be worth it sometimes. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it would be nice uh, to know that things like that could be done. Um, for me personally, I'd be like, all right, I would just want to see it happen. And then <laughs> maybe I can make you pay for doing something like that. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. And, that, and, and that's just it, right? Like, it's, it's not so much a part of the game that I don't think should be there. I think that his insane movement, it it is the character, right? And, and I think that that there's an element of fun there when being able to do something like that on the tabletop. But it also, like I said, has that potential to create that negative play experience. And, and that's one of those things that I think that we just have to be aware of. Yeah, I can agree with that. You know, and with all that said though, so guardians affiliated confirmed, I mean, give this guy a couple winging it tokens, <laughs> dude. Yeah, Dude. it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Dude, I mean, come on. And then what is the tactics card where the conditions? Uh, Crew of the Milano. Yeah, yeah. You give him Crew of the Milano, and now not only does he remove any stun conditions that he had or anything like that, he now can't get conditions. And then just let loose and have fun with the dice. Right. I, I don't know, man. I'm really stoked about that and like this is a character that i see and one the model i think is cool 
I read all this stuff here, and this character just screams fun to me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And Sprinkles, it makes me want to play Guardians of the Galaxy a little bit. Uh, don't do not do that to me. <laughs> That's mine. <laughs> I mean, it's it just does, man. Like, this sounds sounds so dope. And then uh, it with all of that, like, I look at this and I'm like, okay, well, I I like... I want to play Guardians here with this character because I feel like that's probably the number one spot for him. Yeah, I would agree, especially uh, being able to still play, you know, four or five wide. Uh, just it fits. It really does fit. And I feel like that when you're able to put that six threat character and you have your three threat leader and then you can have the rocket and group combination for an eight threat core. Like we said, the four of these characters, so Star Lord, Rocket, Groot, Cosmic Ghost Rider, that is a 14 points right there that I don't think a lot of people are going to want to mess with. No, not at all. And then when you <coughs> think about then, you could potentially maybe add in a Hulk. You add in Beta Ray Bill, right? Like you have access to these things. It's, oh boy, oh boy. Or, or you have that 14 point core, add the other Ghost Rider and have two Ghost Riders on the table at 19. Oh man, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it does. <laughs> that sounds so awesome because let's not forget that um, OG Ghost Rider, Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider, his, he's not affiliated there, but his best place is definitely Guardians of the Galaxy. Absolutely. Yeah, and I feel like having, uh, to having to deal with both of them would be just a nightmare on the tabletop. Oh yeah. Uh oh yeah. Especially since uh, deal with the devil, you just you got to kill Ghost Rider twice, essentially. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, I love that. But is there anywhere else that you think that Cosmic Ghost Rider fits? Uh, I am actually kind of curious about this Black Order thing, especially if he's affiliated. Yeah. That could be uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, to me, I think that one is very intriguing in that if he's affiliated, I, I think if he's not affiliated, it's less interesting. Uh, yeah, absolutely, because the first thing that comes to mind for me is Mothership. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Just now, now see, and maybe that's probably why he won't be affiliated is because that card exists. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> you know? But, um, yeah, I think that would be Bananagrams. Um, anywhere else you think that could be a good spot for him? Uh, I mean, Steve Avengers, potentially. Making mm -hmm. the Cosmic Justice on wheels two threat or two power or the chains for one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think chains and cosmic justice on wheels, being able to reduce those costs, it would just make him that much more efficient and make it to where you want to use that hell cycle a little more. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's the interesting thing with his character is I think that with how consistent he can potentially be, a move and shoot and then hell cycling to safety, I don't think is the worst play. or move shoot changing somebody and then saying okay cool i'm gonna hell cycle over here now yeah that could be very interesting yeah and 
for me, and I know this is probably not going to surprise a soul when I say this, I think there's something interesting here with him in convocation. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I mean, look, I'm nothing if not consistent, okay? Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but hear me out, okay? So obviously the Ironbound book synergy does not exist because he's fours across the board. Right. But if you have him, Voodoo, Clea, you have three characters that are immune to incinerate right there. You could potentially play Beta Ray Bill, which I don't think there's any way to get all of these people on the table at the same time, who is also immune to incinerate. And if you are able to, I mean, that would be 17 threat right there. So then you put Mordo in at 20. I don't like that 20, but I'm saying it's an option. It, that sounds... You know what? We should try that. We should try that. <laughs> we should try that. But with that being said, I would that sounds awful. But I want to try it anyways because yeah, Cosmic absolutely. Ghost Rider getting the two dice from Mordo sounds really fun with the ferocity of Sidorak. I think that sounds really great. Like, okay, cool. Hellfire Blasters now is eight dice instead of six. I love it, right? <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds pretty scary. Yeah, but more so than that, and this is the aspect I like the most, is I think a character like Cosmic Ghost Rider benefits immensely from the Circle of the Cosmos placement side of the leadership, where, okay, cool, you do damage, I get to place myself within one, and it allows me to be either more or less aggressive with my placement of him on the tabletop and moving him around and saying, okay, I want to get him in there, pop, pop, and I'm going to leave him there, and then if, let's say, I'd take some damage, now I can pop him to safety a little bit. Especially on a 65-millimeter base, that's that's a pretty good amount of movement. Oh, yeah. Trust me. Having done it with Hulk a lot, it is just mm, it's a sweet spot. But uh, additionally with that is, let's say I'm just moving, I move, shoot, hell cycle. But then also having the Chains of Sidorak, and one of my biggest problems with Convocation has been just getting over the hump when it comes to like damage and stuff. And you have characters like Hulk that I really like as part of my convocation list. Immortal Hulk, I haven't really tried yet, but him at seven threat is just, it's just tough. Like that one extra threat value does make a difference, especially in convocation. Cause I like to play strange all the time, but I digress. Yep. So having the ability to change the Sidorak, move my opponent closer to my people, incinerate them, and then my four dice attacks have that little bit extra pop there. Like someone like Mordo is now able to contribute offensively, whereas previously he wasn't able to do that as much. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so I I think he's interesting there in Convocation for me, and because I just love this, I'm loving what this character is showing me, being able to say, okay, cool, you dazed my Mordo. Well, congratulations. Take a six dice Hellfire Blasters attack. Or, <laughs> oh no, you dazed my Strange. Well, here comes a six dice Hellfire Blasters attack. Oh, and by the way, Mordo's given him two dice. Oof. So it's eight dice now. Like, that just intrigues the crap out of me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so so I, I, I really like that. I think that's kind of fun. And, you know... I think that this is a character that like if you have room for a six threat character and you don't want to play Hulk or you don't 
you know, want to play, say, Juggernaut. He's five, but you don't want to play Juggernaut. Like, insert, you know, battle cruiser type character that you don't want to play. And you think Cosmic Ghost Rider might fit there. I mean, if you've got room for a six threat, I think you could do worse. I mean, could you? I don't know, because there's only so many of them, but like, <laughs> I think it's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I'd try him out and everything, just see what he fits in. He might be uh, just the splash character that's needed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think for something like Spider Foes, even being able to, okay, cool, he's already really consistent. And now, by the way, you're re rolling one of those successes. Oh, yeah. That sounds fun. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Something like X-Men having cover now. Oof. You know, I mean, something like that sounds super fun. Asgard, healing. Shield. Shield, yep. I mean, being able to pay a power and aggressive. Okay, cool. Well, now I'm moving closer to you. Exactly. You know, I, I think that shield is an interesting one where you could potentially if if i'm doing this right you could stack up fury bucky fury senior so hoff and the boys and cosmic ghost rider and that's 16 threat and you have three out of those four characters that can clap back on somebody yeah that sounds uh I hope we didn't give any of the shield players too many crazy ideas there. I think we just did. And uh, <laughs> I hope I never see that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that sounds, that sounds like a nightmare dude, because now it's like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm going to attack the grunts. Well, you're going to pay for it. Oh uh, yeah. That, that sounds rough. Oh my gosh. That sounds horrible. Uh, new gun line. Yeah. For real. The new, the new meta. We just solved it right there. Done. <laughs> I mean, shoot. Even something like Inhumans, being able to fuel him or the other Inhuman characters passing the power around, I mean, he's going to have plenty of it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then like imagine like Lockjaw being able to place him up, and then he gets to do his own placement after that. Like, I can't even. <laughs> Too many shenanigans. The shenanigans are just ridiculously out of control. And And when I think about just like total affiliations, right, like probably there are very few that would not make sense for him. No, I can't think of any really. You know, it's it's one of those things where I, I think that this is one of those characters that put him on the tabletop, get used to him a little bit, and, and he'll be a fun one. And I think that when I, I read this this card here, it's like, look, if you're bringing Cosmic Ghost Rider to the fight, then leaning into the attrition or leaning into all of your other characters being exceptional at objectives, I think is going to be key. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and I think it's going to be hard to say, okay, Mal, Cosmic Ghost Rider, and then insert other character. But I think it's very doable. I know that like the, like a Mal Hulk strategy or Mal and, um, Master Red Skull is like a popular thing, but I think that you could conceivably say, okay, cool, I'm going to play Malekith Cabal, and we're going to have Malekith at 7, we're going to have Mystique at 3, so that gives me 10, and then we're going to have Cosmic Ghost Rider at 6, and then Season to Taste from there. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, I can see that. And I don't know how good that is, but I 
do know that that sounds like a murder machine. Yeah, it does not sound like uh, a good place to find yourself in. <laughs> no, not at all. But uh, do you feel like that there's any kind of secret sauce to dealing with Cosmic Ghost Rider? Um, root could probably be an issue for him. Oh, yeah. Um, maybe a slow. Definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah. May, I think root would probably be one of the worst ones or, uh, judgment. He gets judgment on him. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, uh, that could hinder him a lot. Yeah. And it's funny that you say root and slow. So what you're saying is pyro. Yeah. Pretty much. So what you're what I'm hearing you say is Pyro's better than Cosmic Ghost Rider. Uh he's good <laughs> at uh making him cry when he's doing his stuff. Um <laughs> but in a straight up one on one, I think Ghost Rider wins. I would say I'd say uh, yeah, probably. But <laughs> Pyro definitely he, can punch above his weight class. Yes, he can. I've uh I don't like seeing Pyro on the table, let's just say that. Yeah, no, he's super good, super efficient, but I think you're right. I think that Root and Slow, which brings up Firewall from Pyro, it I think it would be an incredible superpower to use against a Cosmic Ghost Rider on the side of the table. And interesting thing about Pyro as a matchup with Cosmic Ghost Rider is he has a four energy defense. Yes, he's only got five health, but four energy defense means that even counting the skulls, it's probably going to take two attacks from Ghost Rider to finish off a of Pyro. Yeah, absolutely. So you love to see that. But, uh, you know, you chains of Sidorak him in there, you catch Pyro on fire because he's not immune to it. For some reason. Uh, The reason being is because his suit is like fire retardant, but him as a person, as a character, is not fire resistant. Like he's not immune himself. He can just manipulate the fire, but if it touches him, it burns him. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, that is the canonical reason why he's not immune and I love that that exists. Yeah, that that makes a lot more sense now. Yeah. But um I I really like that idea. Do you feel like that this is a character that like going into is worth it? Like obviously if you're bringing a Malekith or a Hulk or something like that, you don't hate your odds. But if you don't have those models, if you don't have another battle cruiser on the table, do you feel like pumping attacks, not knowing tax cards or anything like that is worth it into Cosmic Ghost Rider? Um, I think if you're just wanting to have fun at the local game store, uh, absolutely, definitely worth it. Um, as far as like a more competitive standpoint, uh, I'm not sure yet. Um, I guess we just have to wait and see how consistent he performs in the casual play and then judge it from there. Yeah. I've got a hot take. It's a little, it's a little bit of a, of a little bit spicy. All right, let's hear it. I think you let him do his thing and just hope for the best because if you can force him to interstellar hell cycle all over the place and not chains of Sidorak and not cosmic justice on wheels, then you're in business. And then he's not scoring points. Potentially, you're in business. So he's a much heavier hitting nebula got it yeah yeah i mean look a nebula nebula can put some hurt out oh yeah but i feel like just my 
my gut off the rip, never having this character on the tabletop, reviewing, reading the card take is that very susceptible to the starvation play, if you will. Yeah, I could, I see what you're saying. Um, you know, he runs around, does his thing, but the chains and the cosmic is, hey, is this going to win me the game if I use this, then use it type situation. Right. And, and it's one where it's like, okay, cool. Well, I've functionally moved away from Cosmic Ghost Rider, and now he's going to be able to have to make a choice of interstellar hail cycle at range four or range three, and then pop, pop with the blasters, or move Chains of Sidorak, or move and Cosmic Just have room for Cosmic Justice. Like, I think making the opponent, making the player playing Cosmic Ghost Rider make those tough choices is going to end up being the key, maybe. But I also think that, uh, Sprinkles, I don't know about you, we're living in a world right now where you kind of got to have a big boy with a big toy. Yeah, that you do. And if you're going to a, co- a competitive event, whether or not, like, look, playing Malekith's not for everybody. I don't play Malekith. That's not my game. It's not, I don't, that's not how I want to play. That's, it's fine. That doesn't interest me. But it interests plenty of people. And it's one of the best things out there right now. I like Hulk. I like Immortal Hulk. Immortal Hulk is just my best friend right now. I want to cuddle up with him at night and sing lullabies because we're having such a great time. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm loving that model on Tabletop because he's so much fun. And I see the same thing in Cosmic Ghost Rider, but like being prepared to face those big models, I think is something that means having your own battle cruiser available. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to lie. I love Malekith with my guardians. So I have my big boy, big toy. Um, but the lower threat levels, it's fun to try around with, uh, cosmic ghost rider and see how he plays yeah absolutely so yeah i mean i don't know about you but uh that's kind of all i've got on cgr for now yeah um he just looks like a lot of fun um we'll see how it goes yeah and i think that that is the key thing with this character is fun it's just fun is what this character says to me yeah absolutely just he's got a lot of shenanigans that can be had and that's one of the most fun parts about this game absolutely so uh sprinkles are you out there on the interwebs for people to find you uh i'm in the discord um i'm in the hpp discord a couple other ones uh i actually just signed up for my first league uh so this will be interesting i signed up late so i already took a loss but that's okay hey Um, so i'm in that discord as well nice yeah no Look, I'll tell you, the TTS League is a very fun and great way to, if you want to get some consistent games in over a six or eight week period, however long they're doing it for this one, it's incredibly worth it. And the opponents, you know, I've I've had very few negative experiences within that framework. And so I would encourage anyone, like, look, if you, if you might be already started but if you want to sign up i'm sure they'll still let you jump in or something like that and and i'm sorry i didn't get 
an episode out talking about the TTS and starting up. I'm personally choosing not to play in this one just because I've got, uh, I had a tournament this past weekend. I've got a tournament this upcoming weekend. I'm trying to kind of get my mind right for NashCon and everything. And just life is happening. We just ran the House Party Protocol League. So I kind of wanted to take a little bit of a break from the online aspect of play right now. But with that said, I'm still around to play online sometimes. So, you know, if anybody ever wants to to play online, the, the best way to do that is to hit me up in the House Party Protocol Discord. Like Sprinkles mentioned there, it is uh, patreon.com slash housepartyprotocol for as little as a dollar a month or 12 bucks a year. You can come and hang out with me and Sprinkles and Schultze and Rob and... Uh, Brian, Freddie, and everybody else. I know I'm I'm not mentioning everyone. You know, Cthulhu Taco, Coldoron, or I don't even know how you say it. How do you say it? Big Ron? We got Mithrandir. All these people over there. You know, uh, just too many to mention because there's like a hundred and something. But everyone over there is amazing. I can't say enough about how much I appreciate those of you that participate in the Patreon with me because it, it it's a joint venture. I want this podcast and that experience to be for you guys. It's it's for everyone that gives me their time and all of that stuff. So really appreciate it. And if you want to come and hang out, we'd certainly love to have it and uh, chit chat and talk and all that fun stuff we talk about all kinds of stuff mcp shatterpoint uh there's talk of other games in there i mean just uh, the conversation runs everywhere i I love it i don't know about you sprinkles you can probably speak to it better than i can (laughs) it's uh it's definitely a hoot in there for sure um we have a lot of fun just throwing around ideas coming up with crazy shenanigans the league was super fun Super, super fun. Uh, our game was a blast. I oh, had yeah. a lot of fun with that one. Oh, yeah. It was a great time. And uh, we will be doing another HPP League, so keep it locked right here for more information about that. Also, Sprinkles, I am going to give away a Cosmic Ghost Rider, and this is not me saying I'm going to give it away as a push to get more people to sign up for the Patreon or whatever, but I'm going to give it away to patrons. I'm doing a giveaway for patrons only this time. Because this is just a model that I think is amazing. And then once we get this, uh, the the next wave, I think it's going to be probably M'Baku and Claw. We'll start doing, an, we'll do another open giveaway for everybody. But I just want to give back to the Patreon community. So um, when uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider releases, we'll do a giveaway for him inside the Patreon there. So if you want to be a part of that, you can uh, check out the Patreon and the Discord. Like I said, sorry to keep saying Patreon. It sounds weird, right? Say it so many <laughs> times, but whatever. Uh, also, if you're interested, check out BattleKiwi.com and you can get 10% off your first order with them with the code PARTYKIWI. And uh, yeah, I love my battle box. I don't know if you have one yet, Sprinkles, but I highly recommend it. It's amazing. It's great for taking things to tournaments and stuff like that. I love it. I will definitely have to look into that. Right now, I'm using a toolbox. Yeah, well, hey, toolboxes are great, but this one is made from MDF and you can get it engraved with something on the, on the lid. So what's not to love. Oh yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah. I love mine. So make sure to check that out. And then also if you have the opportunity on your podcast platform of choice, leave us a review really helps other people looking for house party protocol and for Marvel crisis protocol content to find their way here. And it really helps the show grow 
And uh, yeah, like I said, send us emails, housepartyprotocolpod at gmail.com. Hit me up on Discord at HPP underscore Will on all the major Discords out there. You can send us messages on Facebook, comment on our Facebook posts. Let us know how uh, we're doing here at House Party Protocol. And I say we, it's because it's it's everyone is involved in uh, making this show. And I want to make it as good as it possibly can be. So I think I've said all I need to say here. With that, party on, Sprinkles. Party on, Will. And power down, Suits. Suits.